Welcome to the Roto World Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Alfieri, and joining me like he does for every show and the first time in 2018 is the senior writer and editor of Roto World Hockey, Michael Feinwax. Michael, first of all, Happy New Year and uh, welcome back. It's it's nice to be back. I'm glad we're doing these things again. Yeah, for sure. And uh, congratulations on your uh, nuptials. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, everything, thankfully, went smoothly. Honeymoon was nice, but I was definitely thinking about our uh, Roto World listeners and I definitely missed doing the podcast last week. Well, then you should have been concentrating on something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. So we have a lot to get to, Michael. I know that uh, the All-Star Game uh, selections came out, some controversial stuff. Obviously, there's different fan bases that are unhappy uh, with the way the whole All-Star uh, selection process went. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, but before we get to that, we actually had a trade in the NHL this week. Uh, that was very fun. You don't necessarily get trades very often anymore. So when you do... And uh, get them mid-season. Uh, I like to break them down extensively. Uh, so uh, Anthony Duclair, finally, it's a, he's he's still young, is in his early twenties, uh, but he's been traded for a second time now. He's going from Arizona to Chicago, and I don't think it's really much of a surprise because it didn't seem like they were very happy. Uh, it didn't seem like the team was happy with him, and it didn't seem like he was very happy with the team. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you got to wonder. I mean, I don't think I don't think he, he didn't request a trade out of New York, out of the Rangers farm system when he took right. him to Arizona. But I mean, I think Chicago made a really good trade. I'm not so sure about uh, Arizona unless they were just trying to get rid of him. And uh, you know who they got back? Richard Panic, who's a serviceable, I guess, third fourth line player, and probably a third line player in Arizona at best. You know. Who knows? Sometimes they're so weak, he might jump up into the second line. <clears throat> but him and and um, and uh, they Lawrence, got Dauphin Dauphin, as well. Going back to you know, he originally came from Arizona last year in the uh, in the trade for Nicholas uh, Jalmerson, and yeah. uh, you know, I guess they wanted him back. So I, I guess that's not the worst thing in the world, but. Uh, you know, Chicago has a talented guy. He scored 20 goals as a rookie a couple of years ago. He, you know, he was sent to the minors last year by Arizona for part of the season and only played 58 games. But, you know, he's, he's the wild card in here. And if he can do something, Chicago's made themselves a very nice deal. Yeah, because, I mean, it's like you said, Michael, right? I mean, 2015-16, I know we're, we're like two years away from that now, and that's a while back. But still, you're talking about a guy who put up 20 goals and 44 points as, uh, I guess that was his age 19-20 season. So, I mean, you know that the talent is there. Obviously, it's just about getting his head on straight, finding that consistency and that work ethic. Uh, I had seen an interesting quote uh, from John Shika, the GM, of, uh, of the Arizona Coyotes, he, uh, he was in a radio interview. He said, my job is to build a team here, and part of building a team is getting players that go out and work hard every night and are coachable, which I thought was very telling because, I mean, obviously he's not a finished product, Duclair. If he was a finished product, they probably wouldn't have dealt him. But still, I think it's it might take a little bit more work from Chicago's part uh, to develop this player. But I do think with Joel Quenville and the people they have around there, I mean, if he's not going to figure out in Chicago – He's probably not going to figure it out. Yeah. You know, if you get traded a third time before you're 22, 23 years old, that says a lot. And other teams should be wary if if he can't figure it out in Chicago and he causes problems or he's not happy there. I like – I've seen I've seen Chicago play a little bit, uh, you know, since I've been back. And I noticed – I saw them, I believe it was Tuesday night when they played against Ottawa. 
um, or it was Tuesday or Wednesday when, and I noticed like they have uh, Vincent Inostroza playing on the first line or playing on the Jonathan Taves line with Brandon Saad. And obviously Taves and Saad are, are not having the greatest seasons that they've ever had, but you know, they give a kid like Inostroza an opportunity on that line. Who's to say that they don't necessarily give Duclair a try on that line. And if he can just regain, you know, what, the, the scoring touch he had just a couple of years ago. Again, like I agree with you. I think this could be a steal. And I know people are going to yell and say, oh, hey, you know, you're not, you know, you're forgetting about Richard Panic and what he did last year. I'm fully aware that Richard Panic scored 22 goals last year and over 40 points. Those are career highs. I just, I don't know. I, to me, I think it was, you know, it was a one time deal. Uh, I could be wrong, but I don't necessarily think that he's more uh, than uh, a depth third line player. I'm with you there. I think if he's on your second line, you're probably not that good. Yeah, you know, and it's not like, uh, you know, he's only 26 panic, but already this is fourth team. You know, he went from Tampa Bay to Toronto to Chicago and now to uh, Arizona. And, you know, I don't think it's that everyone wants him that he's so great. You know, I mean, he's only scored 52 goals in his career. I don't know. I, 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 tend, to, I tend to agree with you that uh, I don't think they gave up much. I really don't think they gave up much at all in Richard Panic, and uh, uh, you know what? For the chance, for the chance that they can turn Duclair around, well worth it. Yeah, and it, it was interesting. You know, what was interesting to me is that Shike. I mean, obviously he's going to say this, but Shike came out and said like this is the best offer by far and away that they got, and that kind of surprised me because I would, you know, I would figure that Duclair is young. And I know he's been off the rails for a while, but I mean, at that price, I'm with you. Like, why don't you just roll the dice? Worst comes to worst, Michael. If it doesn't work out and he's a total flop, hey, you know what? We lost Laurent Dauphin and we lost uh, and we lost Richard Panic. You know, I don't think that's the end of the world, even if this is a colossal flop. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, but let's say you're Montreal. You know, totally agree. Who, who do you give up if you're Montreal? Um. I mean, it's a good question. I see in my mind, I think I would like to have a prospect like Dauphin. And then I think I'd rather get a draft pick if I'm Arizona than maybe a rich, like a good draft pick. You know, Montreal has Montreal has three second round picks coming up in this draft. You're telling me if you don't give up a late second round pick or your latest of the three, that's not better than Richard Panic. I would never give up a second round pick for Richard Panic if I had the second round pick. And you would for Duclair? I certainly yeah, so would. Why? Why don't you think Montreal? Why, why not? Like, I have no yeah. idea. I don't know. Montreal is all. Montreal is. They're in the mindset. Like obviously, their management team has a lot of character, grit guys who played. Like when they played in the NHL, like Mark Bergevin was a character, grit guy, and I know they focus on character quite a bit. But at a certain point, I mean, the talent has to speak for itself. You know what I mean? Like certain guys just have natural ability, and I think Duclair is one of those guys. I don't think he's a thirty goal guy. But I do think that he, he can be a guy who scores you between 20 and 25. And uh, last time I checked, it's not exactly reigning 20 and 25 goal scorers out there. And Montreal doesn't have a ton of them. So, yeah, no, I know there was a lot of chatter about him because he's from here. He's from Montreal. He grew up in uh, in the West Island in, in Point Claire here. Um, and I thought that they'd take a shot at it. And I definitely – I would have given a second-round pick. But seeing what they got, Michael, I think you could have probably got him for less than that. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm surprised – a team who could use some scoring like Montreal. I mean, right now, who's on pace for 20 goals on Montreal? Uh, Gallagher. Brendan Gallagher. And Byron. 
Byron is right around there. I think Pacioretty's right yeah, around there too, but I mean he's struggling and, badly. And he's been hot lately with like two goals in two games or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, I was definitely I know that when the the you know when the chatter about Duclair start coming up again this year, uh you know, I know there's Canadians fans that photoshopped him in a Canadians jersey. They wanted to see him here and uh, the Canadians didn't make it happen, which I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world, but I think you have a local guy who speaks the French language, guy who scored 20 goals as a 19, 20-year-old in the league. I think it's a reclamation project. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, for what it cost, I think it's certainly worth the risk. But what do you want to do? I don't know what the Canadians are thinking at this point. It's the Roto World Hockey Podcast with Joey Alfieri and Michael Finewax. You can follow us on Twitter at Joey Alfieri for me, at M Finewax Hockey for Michael, and at Roto World underscore HK is uh, the main page. Uh, so, Michael, the NHL, if we can move on, the NHL uh, un- unveiled their NHL All-Star Game uh, rosters. And I know there's a, lo- a lot of fans uh, that were kind of upset. I know Philadelphia fans uh, were pretty uh, ticked off because I know Claude Giroux got in, but they felt like they had Shane Gostaspear that could have been there, Jacob Voracek that could have been there. But the thing that the NHL is doing is they want players from each team to be represented, and I certainly get that. Uh, when I made my list, I had a really hard time finding a Detroit player to put on there, so I didn't put one on. But I have players uh, on my, you know, before the All-Star game, a roster came out. I had players from 31, 30 of the 31 teams. The only one I couldn't figure out was Detroit, and they put Mike Green on there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't really love the fact that you need one player from each team, but I certainly Yeah, understand. for sure, because you want that city to be watching the game and, you know, representing the, t- the you know, the team. You know, it, it's uh, it's something you have to do. It's uh, you know, it gets harder and harder in some of the sports, like hockey, like basketball, because you know there's there's so few guys. You know, on the All Star yeah. team, and uh, I don't I don't even know if basketball does that anymore. That you have to have a player on a team, because you know if you got a 15 man roster, that's basically one player per team. Yeah, right. not even. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, in hockey, obviously, they, they went to the three-on-three, three, right, which is which is cool, and I love it. It's it's fine. I get it. But the thing is, um, there's also less spots available uh, per division. So now you're looking at six forwards, three defensemen, and two goalies. And again, I can give you the example uh, here in Montreal and you know how it affected the Atlantic division. But basically, Carey Price was abysmal at the beginning of the season. Michael, I don't have to tell you. Mm-hmm. You saw it. He was abysmal at the beginning of the year. And, you know, he's come back and he's played a solid month of hockey. But he's on the All-Star team. Um, and a guy like Tuka Rask, who also had some rough moments, but has really, really turned it on of late, uh, he gets snubbed. And then Brendan Gallagher, who's probably been the best player on the Canadians, doesn't make the All-Star team because there's obviously six forwards in the division that are better than him. So, you know, this fact that you have to take uh, one player from every team is costing guys uh, who legitimately deserve to be their spots – uh, but at the same time, I think if you end up getting an extended, you know, another break after your bye week, you get an all-star break to go on vacation or whatnot. I don't think these guys are complaining because they're not, not at the not all-star. Not at all. Game. You know, it's funny in the Atlantic division, you know, each each division gets 11 guys. And if you have eight teams, that's not a lot per team, obviously. And right. when you get four guys from Tampa who have been the best team in the league, that means every other team gets one. You know, mm-hmm. so there's... <laughs> there's one guy from Florida, there's one guy from Buffalo, there's one guy from Boston, Toronto, Detroit, Ottawa, Montreal, Montreal. and nothing you can do about that yeah. because uh, 
you know, deservedly so. Uh, Tampa Bay's been the best team in the league, and they should not. You have to put, yeah, you have to put those four guys on the team. Uh, your Kucherov has been by far and away probably the best skater in the league this year. And Stamkos is right there. Headman, who got injured, so I'm interested to see that he got injured on Thursday night. And Vasilevsky's been the best goalie in the league. I'm with you. You've got to put four bolts on there, <laughs> but that's four out of eleven, like you said. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. I'm sure Vasilevsky and John wants the week off too because uh, I think he's given up 15 goals in his last three games. Yeah, he has. He's had a couple of shaky outings, uh, and they, they lost to the Flames on Thursday night. They've lost two out of three games, but. I think you look at uh, you look at the the break that they could have gotten most players they could have gotten an extra break and you know what maybe Hedman pulls out Michael you know they don't want to risk it but still the All Star game yeah. is still a few weeks away so uh, so maybe there's time for him to heal there but no I mean I, I think it's been uh, it's it's been an interesting process I like the three on three I like that you know they get the whatever they get the money for winning and whatnot just kind of adds a little bit of competitive spirit or whatnot but yeah no i'm with you it's just it makes it so difficult when the best team in the league by a mile uh, is in the atlantic division for the atlantic for the other atlantic division teams there's some players that just uh you know they could not make the cut and uh you know there's i know in boston uh some of the biggest hockey markets in this in the states i know philadelphia as i mentioned before wasn't happy but boston you know they could have had uh david pasternak and patrice bergeron and tukarask and charlie mcavoy uh, none of those guys end up making the team. Only Brad yeah. Marchand is there. Yeah, it's like you know. But again, you know, even forty-four guys over thirty-one teams, a lot of guys are going to get snubbed. Yeah. No. I'm. Yeah. No. I'm totally with you. I. I, I totally get that. Um, I thought it was interesting. You know, one of the. I. It was funny. As soon as the. The All Star, uh, the the official list came out. It was funny because you had all of these articles pop up about, oh, should Sidney Crosby be at the All Star game or not? Because there are other guys like Phil Kessel, I believe, has more points and more goals than Sidney Crosby this year, and he didn't make it. But they went with Crosby. It's an All Star game. I understand why people are are up in arms about it. But I think at the end of the day, if you can have Sidney Crosby there, it was probably the most recognizable face with Ovechkin. I mean, in, in the NHL right now, I think you'd give a slight edge to, to Crosby in that respect. Although I think it would have been hilarious to see Phil Kessel there if they could have done a couple of things with him. And, you know, they could have been some some moments because uh, Kessel is kind of a funny guy. Uh, but, I mean, I, I have no issue with Crosby being on the team. He is having a great season. There's just yeah, well, there's didn't he get fans. automatically uh, by the fans in? By the fan vote, and was named captain. Uh, was that? I'm not sure. I, I know the captains got yeah, in well, automatically, captain, obviously. So. Uh, or no, Ovechkin's the captain. He, I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Ovechkin was automatically in. Yeah, Ovechkin was the captain. But, but still, I think people are up in arms. You know, there was a few people that were surprised that Crosby made the All Star team. But I'm just thinking, like, that weekend is your marketing tool for all the hockey markets in the NHL. And I understand that, you know, it, the all-star game is what it is, but you want to have your most marketable faces there. And I, I think that that's the reason oh, yeah. why you've got the you edge know, over everybody sure. else. You know, you always want to see the star there, no matter how good or bad a season he's having. You know, it's, uh, I mean, Crosby's the face of the NHL. And if he's not there, I mean, if he's injured, that, there's nothing you can do about that, but he's not injured and you want him there. I mean, it's only his third all-star game. He's been hurt quite a bit during the All Star previous All Star games. Yeah, he, yeah, he was hurt, and then there were years, obviously, right. where he was on the Olympic team where there was no All Star break. Uh, so yeah, no, I thought it was no, it was, 
it was funny just because all these articles seem to be popping up at the same time. You know, oh, why is Sidney Crosby, does he deserve to be there? Well, at the end of the day, he has 15 goals and 43 points in 44 games. So it's not like they, you know, they got some bum right. off the street to play in the All-Star game. I mean, he's a guy who's still who still scores, but I certainly, you know what? I get it because uh, Jacob Voracek is having a terrific year um, and, you know, they didn't find a a spot for him. I totally get it. Uh, At the same time, I'm also very happy for a guy like Josh Bailey. I I really like Josh Bailey when he was coming into the NHL and he's finally put it all together and him and Tavares have had a lot of success. They're both on the All-Star. Yeah, well, you know what the funny one was? And I know Barry Trotz was livid that uh, we're really upset that – John Carlson didn't get on. Yes. But I, I was that. kind of surprised Chris Letang was on the team. Well, you see, Michael, th- th- with Carolina on my ballot, uh, I had Noah Hannafin there, but it was either I put Hannafin as a Carolina representative mm-hmm. or Sebastian Ajo. And if Sebastian Ajo would have made it at forward, it would have had to have been at the expense of a Josh Bailey or Sidney Crosby, which is not happening. Uh, but then that would have freed up the defense spot for John Carlson because John Carlson has had yeah, – he's had a really I nice I have year. no problem with Hannafin. It's Latang. I don't – Well, that's what I mean. I, yeah, I, I get that too. But I'm saying Latang or – you know, because Latang is another one of those guys who plays on the Penguins and there's a lot of eyeballs in Pittsburgh obviously. But uh, the other way to get him on was the Carolina way. But yeah, no, I'm with you. I was surprised. I did not have uh, – I did not have uh, – Mm-hmm. Chris Letang on my ballot either. Oh, uh, I know obviously a lot of that is, you know, injuries and maybe have caught up to him, but he does have three goals, 27 points in 41 games. I believe he has more points than Noah Hannafin. I think Hannafin has like 21 points or something. But I like when you see those guys, you know, the Hannafins and the Baileys. I like seeing those guys at the All-Star game. I don't sure, want the same sure. faces every year. So, um, yeah, that was interesting, but... Uh, yeah, again, uh, people, I know people in Philadelphia were really upset that, uh, the Penguins have more representatives at the all-star game <laughs> than they do. Uh, obviously that's a fun rivalry, but, uh, uh, you know, one guy I'm happy for Michael is Claude Giroux. He's bounced back in a big way this year, uh, for the Flyers. He's their lone representative in the all-star game and it's deservedly so because he's been very, very good. And in my mind, I think if the Flyers get into the playoffs some way, I think you have to look at. Voracek, or not Voracek, excuse me, Giroux, as uh, a Hart Trophy candidate. Like, he's got to be in the conversation at least. Yeah, you know what? I've I've been really surprised with the season that uh, Sean Couturier is having. And, the, like, Pasqual was amazing. We made a very smart move in moving Giroux to the, uh, to the wing and putting Couturier, who never scored more than 15 goals in a season, in a full season, and yet he's got 23 at the halfway mark right now, centering both the Borchak for the most part and Giroux. And that, that's worked out great. So fine and dandy that, you know, you think Giroux has been so special. But, uh, you know, that was a nice coaching decision to move him finally to the wing and, and sticking Couturier there and Couturier just showing all the offensive talent that he has. Yeah, and so basically that line right now, so Giroux has 52 points in 42 games. Uh, Voracek has 51 points, although that's 43 assists. So he's kind of been the setup guy there. He has eight goals and 43 helpers. Uh, so he has 51 points. And Sean Couturier has 42 points in 42 games. That You know what I mean? He's got 23 goals. It's like you said, he's we're past the midway point of the season, and he's still rolling at a point yeah, of game pace, which is very Yeah, and Couturier didn't start the season on the first power play either. I mean, he's there now, but... 
you know, that cost him a bunch of points in comparison to Giroux and uh, Borachek, who have been stellar on the PP. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, obviously, Shane Gostas Bear was another one that uh, Flyers fans wanted to see there. Um, in the Central, if we can move over to the West, uh, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I don't really see uh, any issue. Uh, I know Vladimir Tarasenko was uh, one of the guys who's, you know, he's having a very nice year. He didn't end up making it, but the Blues got Braden Shen in there. And again, I'm happy to see Braden Shen, a first time All Star, uh, make it. But there's a number of first time All Stars in the Central Division. Uh, Patrick Kane leading the way with seven All Star nods. Uh, Seguin and Eric Stahl both have five, but uh, Blake Wheeler, first-time All-Star, John Klingberg, first-time All-Star, Alex Pietrangelo, first-time All-Star, and uh, Connor Hellebuck, obviously, first-time All-Star. I know there's a lot of people. I got some flack because I had Hellebuck on my team. I thought Hellebuck has been fantastic this year, Uh, but... You know, at the same time, uh, you know, I, I like the way the central division looks, and there's a lot of first timers on there, which I think is fun. And finally, you couldn't no, ignore Blake sure. Wheeler like, anymore. I mean, the central get, gets the biggest advantage because there's only seven teams there, so you know, he, he, there's an extra selection yeah. to be made. Um, you know what? You know, this having it's funny thing is out of all those players you've named, the one you missed and who's having the best year of them all is Nathan McKinnon, who has come back from God knows where. And is tied for second in scoring in the NHL, you know, eight points behind uh, Kucherov. Yeah. You know, he's. He, yeah. I didn't understand when they said last year, when the GM said last year that uh, the only guy he's not training was McKinnon, because you know I figured McKinnon, Landeskog, Duchesne—they're all the same. But McKinnon has certainly proven me wrong because he's terrific this year. Uh, he's been fantastic, and that's another guy. Again, I, I think if they get into the playoffs, and I don't think they will, if they do get into the playoffs, uh, then I think you, uh, I think he has to be in the Hart Trophy conversation as well. I, I agree because he's been he's been carrying them. I mean, Landeskog. There's a bunch of guys having better years than they did last year, but you know that wasn't difficult because some <laughs> some of them had horrible horrible years. Yeah, no, but, but there's been a number of guys. You said Landeskog. Uh, Miko Rantanen has really taken a step forward. Tyson Barry's had a nice year, but I think the leader of the pack. And, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time when you're young and on a losing team. But Nathan McKinnon, Michael, I'm glad you pointed him out. Uh, second all-star nod for him, but he's been a ter- – he's been he's really been terrific. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, they, they got themselves a stud in, uh, in Colorado with him for sure. Yeah, so P.K. Subban is the, was voted the captain by the fans. Uh, so the Nashville uh, defenseman uh, will be going to his third All-Star game. I did not realize that Pietrangelo had never played in an All-Star game before. And one of the guys who's flown under the radar totally, John Klingberg, having a really nice year in Dallas. Yeah, he, he leads the NHL defenseman in five, by five. He's got 39. I think that's five better than, than John Carlson has. And uh, <clears throat> another guy who took a little bit of a step back last year and has taken a big leap forward this year. Yeah, so over, I mean, if you look at it, Michael, over the last four years, like the four years he's been in the NHL, this is his fourth season. Um, he went from 40 points in 65 games in his first year. Then he had 58 points in 76 games in his second year. Last year, like you mentioned, did take a step back point-wise. He had 49 points uh, in 80 games last year. And already this year, like you said, he has six goals, 39 points in 43 games. I mean, again, uh, I know we've been spoiled lately in the last couple of years with Eric Carlson and Brent Burns kind of uh, finishing with close to point-of-game paces uh, for a defenseman, but that's no easy feat. And 
John Klingberg, I know he plays in Dallas, and there's other star players in Dallas who uh, get a lot of the headlines, but he's really, he's been terrific this year, and he doesn't necessarily get uh, a lot of credit. Um, then if we can move on to the Pacific Division, uh, Brock Besser is a first-time All-Star, and I mean, he's hes I knew he was good. I did not think he'd be a point-of-game pace here through the first half of the season. Oh, no. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because I was just reading where a lot of people thought that the Canucks just absolutely blew it when they selected him. They thought it was a big, big reach. But uh, <laughs> he's certainly proven them wrong. Yeah, no, he's he's been absolutely fantastic. We saw him for, uh, I think it was a handful of games at the end of last season, but he was really, really good uh, all year. And he's kind of been, you know, the, the I, I thought Vancouver would be by far and away the worst team in the league. Uh, but, I mean, he's kept them respectable and he's kept them in some games because he's been very productive. Um, nice to see Anzi Kopitar back there. Kopitar and Godro are on the all-star team both their fourth appearances in the all-star game and uh both guys have really bounced back in a big way i know johnny gojo and the flames right now they're on a five-game winning streak gojo's on a five or six game point streak right now um and kopitar has really been good all season seems to be rejuvenated uh under john stevens uh, and that coaching staff there so those are two guys i was very happy for as well yeah um kopitar i think he saw his nine or ten year string of, of leading the Kings in, in points last year's come to a halt as uh, Carter beat him out and he was just, he had a bad year with <clears throat> I think 52 points but he's been a stud again this year and he's come right back and you know who knows how much all those cups took out of him and all that stuff but you no know, not making the playoffs two straight years he really came back rejuvenated this year no injuries and he's playing really really well and he's giving a big boost to a guy like Dustin uh, Brown. And, uh, you know, so he's certainly deserving of uh, his all-star vote. Uh, you know, they, you know, Johnny Goudreau too. Another big comeback. Last year was a bit of a tough season for him because he held out at the beginning of the season as an RFA, signed, signed a bit late, didn't have a training camp, and it took its toll all year. Yeah, no, it definitely did. And uh, he, that line is, you know, the fl- first line for the Flames has been terrific. Um, I thought it was interesting. It's kind of interesting, Michael, that the Golden Knights got two players, which I think is is fine. But it was the two players that I'd never expected them to get. I was surprised that Jonathan Marchessault didn't make it to the All-Star game. Uh, they end up getting James Neal and Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, the Fleury one is interesting to me. Because, I mean, he obviously missed a good chunk of the year with that concu- with that concussion. So um, not the two players I was expecting to go from Vegas. I was expecting uh, Marchessault for sure. I think he's the only one I had. I mean, I'm fine with them wanting to go with two guys there. It's their first year, uh, first All-Star game experience for the Vegas fans. Uh, but not even, no, I wouldn't have voted either one of those two guys in. Yeah, I think I would have given it to Carlson. Yeah, William Carlson and uh, I mean Marchessault was in the conversation yep. as well, but either one of those two guys is, uh, has been very, very good. Yeah, but I mean, if you look through the goaltenders in in the in the Pacific Division, I mean, who else do you give it to? Like maybe Gibson. You all, that's the one I was going to say, yeah. John Gibson. I know the numbers aren't great, but I mean, with when that Anaheim team was missing a whole bunch of players, he's the one who kept them in a lot of games. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like you have to pick somebody from Vancouver, so. I mean, he, he should be there anyway, you know, but Boser's there. Uh, Goudreau from, from Calgary is a no-brainer. Kopitar's a no-brainer. Obviously, McDavid's a no-brainer. Like, I mean, on a lot of these teams, who else are you going to take? The only other forward is Rick, Rick, Rickard Rackle, 
And like, who who else are you going to take from Anaheim? I guess you're right. You could have taken uh, Gibson and put uh, Carlson or Marceau on that team. But you know, that, those are st- those are flips of the coin. Yeah, I mean, you could have also taken out Raquel, and you could have put Gibson in goal, and that would have freed you up for another forward too. I mean, that that's that would have been interesting. But I think overall, Michael, I mean, you look at these rosters, and I know you don't agree with them from top to bottom. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, there's some very talented players that are on the list. Uh, even Arizona had to get somebody. So uh, Oliver ekman Larson and his minus uh, 65 rating uh, are uh, are on the team as well. I didn't even realize um, it was so, that good. No, yeah, well, uh, what, what's it? Minus I'm going to look it up now. 34. Yeah. So obviously I was, I'm exaggerating for emphasis. But, yeah, no, it's, you know, it's a good thing what the NHL is doing. And I know it's kind of annoying that not all the best players get to go or the guys who are having the best seasons. But, you know, you do have to keep in mind that the few people who are going to want to, or who are going to want to watch in Arizona, uh, they're going to want to see a familiar face, I believe. And uh, that's it. You know, you have, you have guys there. I mean, it, it is what it is. The all-star game is what it is. And like we said before, marketing uh, for the NHL to do league wide stuff. And, uh, but I think overall, I just looking at these rosters, I mean, I, I don't really, I'm not particularly passionate about one snub, uh, you know, I'm just going to watch like I always do and just, you know, enjoy the skills competition and watch the game, and that'll be that. I agree. You're listening to the Road to World Hockey Podcast, Joey Alfieri and Michael Finewax. You can find us on Twitter at Joey Alfieri for me, at Finewax Hockey for Michael, and at RotoWorld underscore HK uh, is the Road to World Hockey main page. Uh, Michael, just uh, before we wrap things up, uh, is there anything you're looking forward to? I know there's certain teams. It's kind of a mess a bit for fantasy because there's certain teams that are going on their bye uh, next week, certain teams were on it this week. Uh, is there anything you're keeping your eye out on uh, over the next little Well, while? if you're in weekly transaction pools, like, be all over San Jose because they play five times, <clears throat> whereas five teams play once and eight other teams only play twice this week. So it's a huge, huge advantage. Like, you know, in my league, I picked up Timo Meyer last week <clears throat> in a deep, deep league. Stuck him in my reserve just so he could play this week. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you have to figure – that especially in, in leagues where you have bench spots and you can add and drop and whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely – that's some good foresight because the Vancouver – uh, not Vancouver, sorry, San Jose Sharks, like you said, they have the five games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that it makes it tricky. The, the bye week, I know they liked it last year because of the uh, – the, they introduced it because of the World Cup. But I kind of like it. It gives teams another break. It kind of allows guys to recharge the batteries. But for fantasy purposes, you really have to have some foresight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Well, I, the only thing I would change is I, I don't like the way they did it this year. I think they should do it – you know, half the league gets, gets it just before the All-Star break. The other half gets it just after the All-Star break. So you get a real big rest. Yeah, I'm, I, I would be – I'd sign yeah. up for that. I, I, don't, I don't even think the guys necessarily care too, too much – um, but the only thing I would say is is that maybe they wanted a little bit earlier on just because, you know, you'll kind of be fresh for uh, a push for a playoff spot because, I mean, there's so much parity. So maybe you want the break a little bit sooner well, you're, you're uh, so you could be at your best. But, yeah, no, yeah. of course. But I, I'm with you. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that at all. I think the way they've done it is, is kind of interesting, but it's hockey, right? So there's um, – there's like 31 teams, so you have to figure out an interesting way to do it because not everybody could kind of stop, uh, 
you know, you can't stop the NHL for five days. That's what exactly what they don't want to do. So yeah, I'm with you. You can go half half. I don't yeah, mind that. You know, and it doesn't even. You know, you can even do a conference by conference if you want. It's like I mean, whatever. I, I just thought you know yeah. you get five days off now and in a couple of weeks, you know, like eighty percent, ninety percent of the league is getting another uh, five days off. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, Michael, it's been fun. Uh, don't forget, uh, keep it locked into Roto World for uh, all your latest uh, hockey news. We'll obviously be posting uh, every day, several times a day. Uh, so make sure you check out the Roto World Hockey main page. Uh, do you have anything uh, yourself coming up for the site uh, over the next few days? No, just my I, I I posted my week ahead already, so you can read about. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. It's already it's up. It's already there. up there. You can read about the San Jose playing five times, and you know player notes on every on all thirty one teams. And, you know, with the schedule, the upcoming schedule, et cetera. And, uh, you know, it's uh, your call tomorrow in the crease. It's it's a must read for the upcoming week for goaltenders. And uh, just enjoy. Fantastic. We'll definitely definitely keep our our eyes open for uh, your call, Michael. And like you said, mine is uh, going up tomorrow early afternoon. uh, So uh, or Saturday, just to be clear, that's Saturday afternoon. So uh, have a good one, Michael. We'll talk next week. And uh, I know you and I don't get a bye week, so uh, we'll get back. Well, we got our bye week last week. (laughs) That's true. Have a good one, Michael. We'll talk next week. This has been the Roto World Hockey Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can do so on iTunes via Stitcher. We're also on art19.com. Uh, so uh, make sure you do that. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. We definitely appreciate that. And don't forget to uh, leave it locked into uh, rotoworld.com's NHL page. We will have every single uh, news and note that goes on in and around the NHL. So you definitely don't want to miss that. Have a good one, everybody, and enjoy the hockey. And please don't get too worked up over the, your team's all-star snubs. <laughs>